the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Abraham Lincoln warned that the philosophy of the schoolroom in one generation will be the philosophy of government in the next. Would you like to know what's being taught in today's classrooms? Welcome to Say What? with attorney Mark Schneider and Pastor George Roska Jr. They'll explore the issues facing children, parents, and society as a result of the public schools and the forces behind them. Say What is the radio program of Protect Our Kids, which seeks to inform and equip concerned citizens about the looming crisis in American education. So listen in as your hosts, Mark Schneider and George Roscoe Jr., unpack the issues and organizations affecting our children. And now here's your hosts, Mark Schneider and George Roscoe Jr. Welcome to episode two of the Say What Protect Our Kids podcast. I'm George Roscoe. And I'm Mark Schneider. And we want to talk about today, what is comprehensive sexuality education? Uh, This was the gateway for us even starting Protect Our Kids. Uh, This is the the critical topic that got Mark and I both out of our comfort zone. That's right. And we said we have to do something about it. And we started Protect Our Kids. And so we want to explore the world of you behind uh, comprehensive sexuality education. We'd like to explore its origins so that way you as parents can go back and uh, document yourselves and make sure that you understand the history. Uh, we'll look at some of the dangers, uh, some really horrific things that are um, if affecting our children when they are taught this information. Uh, and then we'll close it off with what you can be doing about this. So, uh, Mark, can you help us understand what foundation does CSE rest upon? Um, that's a great question, George. And I think to answer that, we should probably talk a little bit about this idea of worldview. What is what is a worldview? Because that plays so prominently in what's going on in our school system today. And, and that expression comes actually from a German word called Weltanschauung, which mm. is translated in English worldview. And a worldview is what you can think of as it's your core set of beliefs. It's how you filter the world and all the decisions that you have to make, what you actually believe in, what is your philosophy about life? Of course, as believers, our worldview is Judeo Christian based, Mm -hmm. but that's not true for the rest of our nation now. Um, In fact, if you go back in our history, America was certainly founded on a Judeo-Christian worldview. Um, You can see that starting with a Mayflower Compact. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, And as our universities started to take hold, all of them were firmly in the biblical worldview camp, including all our Ivy Leagues. In fact, wow. the, the, the motto, the crest of most of our Ivy Leagues are demonstrably Christian in nature. Princeton's is de sub numine vijet, which means 
under God's spirit, she flourishes. Yale University is Lux et Veritas, which means light and truth. Wow. Harvard, we all know, is, is Veritas, which means truth. And so all of these universities started off with a solid biblical worldview. And their primary objective was to rela- um, raise godly adults that would go out in the world at large and spread the gospel. But it didn't take long before that worldview began to change as America became more sophisticated. Mm -hmm. And in the early 1800s, as we became an industrialized nation and government started taking more and more control, that intrusion um, also started taking more control in our education system. Maybe we can talk a little bit about that as well. Yeah, because as an immigrant coming to the United States, I always thought this was the norm. And I've learned a lot from you and from others that if we go back for, you know, hundreds of years ago, this wasn't the norm. And we have this impression that, oh, we we need a public school system. We need everything to, yeah. to be going as it is today. And yet there were so many smart people back then that were inventing things, that were doing crazy things without a public school education. In fact, prior to around the 1830s, there, were, there was very little, if any, formal public schooling in the United States. It was all, you know, the single room schoolhouse mm-hmm. and parents and educators got together and decided to take the task on of educating their children. Uh, in, in 1830, the literacy rate in the United States was 90%. Wow. It's pushing, it's barely pushing 70% t- today with all our sophistication and uh, technology. So something has gone wrong. And we think this really started with the government takeover of, of education, starting with this gentleman. His name was Horace Mann, mm-hmm. and he was the first uh, secretary of education uh, in the state of Massachusetts. There's a lot of things that come out of Massachusetts these days. Mm-hmm. And Mann had this idea of starting what he called the normal school. Mm-hmm. And he had a couple of visions for that. Number one. All children should be taught exactly the same thing. Have you heard of Common Core? Yeah. Well, that concept started uh, over a century ago with with Horace Mann. Wow. But the other main thing that Horace Mann did was he said education must be brought under government control. Of course, this is back in 1830, and it didn't happen overnight. There was a decades-long process of government taking more and more authority over how children were raised. But then there was this other key figure who you may remember. His name was John Dewey. Now, he came a little bit later, and he really came into the province in in the early 20th century. But Dewey uh, took public education to a whole new level. In fact, he was the what they call the father of pro- progressive education. He was a signer of the first Humanist Manifesto. And Dewey uh, was very emphatic that education need to be completely secular in nature. We needed to drive out, drive out all biblical worldview, Judeo-Christian worldview, um, uh, ideology out of the public school system. In fact, George, he called it a false bias. Wow. So 
There's no surprise why we're sort of in the shape that we are today. In fact, Dewey uh, was also uh, a member, um, arguably, of the Frankfurt School. Now, this was a, a school, a social movement, really, that started in the Weimar Republic in Germany um, and was exported to the United States to Columbia University, of all places, where Dewey spent some time. And there were certain people there that were neo-Marxists like Herbert Mancusa. And a close friend of theirs was an Italian named Antonio Gramsci. And they believed that if socialism under a Marxist content was going to take over society, particularly in a culture like the United States, there were freedom-loving, liberty-loving people, we could not do it by force. They had to do it slowly. And the way they would do it, it was by taking over the core institutions of society. And what are those? Of course, government is one of those. Mm -hmm. But the other big one is education. Yeah. Starting with the universities. So it was really the Frankfurt School and that ideology, starting with Columbia, that filtered its way into our higher secondary education system. And over the decades, George, it started to take root in our primary education system. And that's why that that is what led us as, as to where we are today. It's really a worldview contest. Yeah. And, and you, you already brought in that that Marxist angle to this. Because that's what it really is. But you know something about. So we're going to be talking a lot about that and about how some of the tactics are the same, especially in how they take over public education. Because in right. Romania, there was no homeschooling. There was no private schooling. There were no charter schools. It was all government run. Um, so crazy. <laughs> And just a little more history, just to add some color to this, uh, by the 1960s, things had changed sufficiently enough where uh, court cases started to be levied against getting out the biblical worldview and the public mm -hmm. school system. So people might remember the famous case of Engel versus Vitale that happened in 1962, where the Supreme Court ruled that you could not have prayer in public school. And it was only a year later in Abington School District versus Shem, that Bible reading was taken out of public school. So for those of us, George, who are old enough to remember the 1960s, I remember because I was a high school student then, uh, remembering things are changing in society. Uh, I, I felt it back then. And it was it wasn't just feeling based. Things were actually happening. And was it that same court that then a decade later, 1973, Passed the Roe versus Wade decision. Roe v. Wade. It came a short time later. Okay. Yeah. So we're we're seeing how this worldview ends up pushing and pushing and pushing. That's right. And and then even in our day, things that I can remember and I can feel. Um, I I remember two thousand eight. Um, because I was, that was one of the earliest times when I could vote. Yes. And I remember voting for. Uh, defining marriage as man and a woman, a biological male and a, right. uh, a biological female. Um, I remember then when that whole thing got overturned. Mm. Um, I remember when in 2015, Obergefell was Ober ruled. Obergefell versus yeah. Hodges. And legalizing then, same sex marriage. And then I think everybody could um, uh, relate to the Bostock decision that just right. happened last year. Yes. So, 
these things have been going on. They're accelerating now. and accelerating now. Um, so one of the other things we wanted to do now is besides the worldview foundation is uh, where did this particular idea come from? The comprehensive sexuality education and why was it really fueled through this worldview? Um, so I'll go back to the 1940s when a gentleman by the name of Alfred Kinsey, yes, a pedophile, a rapist, a child abuser, he came out with two works of science. And I say that uh, in quotes because he came out in 1948 with the male report uh, and in 1953 with a female report about male and female sexuality. Uh, and in there, I, I'd love for parents to go and research this, but he had to uh, abuse infants from you know months old mm -hmm. to then a year, <clears throat> two, three, 12 years old, 15 years old uh, to document uh, some crazy things on things like how often do they get an orgasm and yeah. things like that. So it's really say what kind of stuff. It is. Um, and so his mindset was children are sexual from birth mm. and I need to prove it. How do you prove that? You have to rape, you have to abuse children to do something like that. Well, he was very influential on a gentleman by the name of Hugh Hefner, who sponsored a lot of his research. And Hugh Hefner came out and started the Playboy yes, movement, the, empire. the whole empire. And there was another lady... Uh, by the name of Mary Calderon. Oh, yes. Who used to be the medical director at Planned Parenthood. That's right. And then in the 60s, through um, what um, Alfred Kinsey was doing and the research that was being sponsored by Hugh Hefner, she went off and started SICUS. So Alfred Kinsey, Planned Parenthood, takes the medical director, starts SICUS, which is the Sexuality Information and Education Council of the United States. Which is not a government institution, by the way. It is not. And that tricked me because when I first stumbled on this organization, I thought, is the government in this stuff? Like, what in the world's going on? But they give themselves these pompous titles. So, parents, let's paraphrase here. Alfred Kinsey, research on who Alfred is. Go back and research Planned Parenthood, Margaret Sanger, Mary Calderon, and how they were instrumental in starting SICUS. And then from SICUS, you could see that that's where our sex ed started from in the United States. And from there, they have another research arm called the Guttmacher Institute. Yes. And if you go onto their website, you can research very quickly what is required or not required in every state. They have a very neat table, which, by the way, uh, there is another um, very good organization called Ascend, and they have a very similar tool, too. Um, and so I encourage you to use Guttmacher and Ascend uh, to really know what's going on in your state. And they have a state-by-state -state breakdown of all 50 states. Very helpful. Uh, so please use that. Uh, in fact, just yesterday, I helped a person from Alaska mm. figure out how to use it. Uh, and hopefully, uh, it'll, it'll, um, be helpful in their efforts there in Alaska. Um, but all of this now from the sixties and then into the seventies, 
affecting abortion. Um, and then into the 80s, it affected the whole STD epidemic that we were going through. And, and they said, well, now we need more than just sex education and teaching biology, but we got to teach them about HIV. And we have to have medical services. And we have to have medical services. So now that brings us into the 90s where now this is my generation mm -hmm. and, and here I am in the late nineties in junior high and then the early two thousands in high school. And I'm starting to get a little bit more than just sex ed and, and the HIV stuff. And then it takes us now into the next level of this worldview, which is the gender ideology side. And so now um, at least in California and in many other States, uh, they are pushing uh, through comprehensive sexuality education. So in 2006, Planned Parenthood published a document called The Framework. It's basically their, their guide on comprehensive sexuality education. It was a pivotal work for them. Um, and this is in 2006. They published this document. And from here on out, what you see not just in America, but in the entire world, They've been pushing with the United Nations through UNESCO, the United Nations Education Scientific Council, and also through the World Health Organization. They're all connected. They're all connected. They've redefined the term sex ed to now being comprehensive sexuality education. So I'd really want for parents to understand the definition of sexuality because sexuality is no longer just sex ed. Sex meaning bi biology, male and female. Sexuality now encompasses gender, gender expression, sexual orientation, thoughts, beliefs, fantasies, eroticism, desires, pleasures. Yes. And so now it's the whole comprehensive worldview that you were talking about that must be taught in our sex ed programs. That's right. And that's what's really wrecking havoc and what we're seeing today, because children are starting to say that, oh, well, this is great. In the 80s, right, we saw a rise in STDs. Today, that's spiking again to epidemic levels because we're saying, well, use a condom, use this, use that. But the secondary effects that they're not being taught about because we can't present them anymore um, in a negative light. The law says it always has to be affirmative. It has to be positive. That's right. So we can't talk negatively about people who choose a certain lifestyle mm. and make certain choices. Mm. So Mark, from the foundation of the worldview and from understanding this history now, what are some of the effects that we see taking place? Great question, George. Just, so just to recap briefly, you know, we've gone from a, a biblical worldview um, for the first really couple of hundred years of uh, American history to a completely secularized worldview. And maybe some of our audience has heard this expression, postmodernism, mm -hmm. which is sort of this idea that objective truth really doesn't exist at all. You know, secularism did believe in, in, in objective truth. Postmodernism doesn't, you know, truth is a feature of the culture and society and what it calls the meta narratives mm -hmm. that you happen to be engaged in uh, in a society. So that's what's led to like 
Planned Parenthood's framework. And there's another framework, isn't there, that yeah. was adopted in the state of California um, for things like comprehensive sexuality education that was laid out the guidelines for how uh, the California Healthy Youth Act was going to be implemented. Mm-hmm. So all of these organizations, as you very well pointed out, they're all tied together, glued together. They know each other. They work together in common cause to indoctrinate our children into what can only be described in American history as a foreign worldview, a foreign ideology. So the harms of comprehensive sexuality education. Well, some of the harms are indicated in the title itself. Sex ed, even, George, when you were still in high school, was probably just biologically based. You learned about human reproduction as, as you should. The sexes were very well understood to be binary in nature. But now look at the term comprehensive sexuality education. First of all, it's comprehensive. It's no longer just biology based. We're going to explore the panoply of issues associated with not just sex anymore, biological sex, but sexuality, which is behavior oriented. Mm -hmm. So the term itself is pregnant with meaning and our listeners should take note of that. Uh, They're really not trying to hide the ball. In fact, you remember, George, during the education committee hearings in California, um, some of the panelists on that committee were embarrassed by the fact that the law had this term sexuality. And one of the representatives even denied that that term existed. Well, of course, that was untrue. And it's written all over the framework. Yep. But there are a number of harms uh, as a result of, of comprehensive sexuality education. The first one is that it sexualizes children. And by that, we mean it encourages children to start engaging and exploring sexual activity starting in grade school. And you know something about this. Well, in the framework, um, which, you know, in every state, you're going to see this. So this is a good time to educate parents. Whenever a state passes a law mandating comprehensive sexuality education, their state department of education has to interpret that law and say, well, now what must we teach? Yes. How, what details, right? And so that's called the framework. Right. So there's standards and there's frameworks. Um, and here in California, the health framework um, went on from kindergarten saying that we must, uh, we we must teach gender to children. We can't just tell them about their sex assigned at birth. Uh, we need to teach them about, uh, you know, partners and non-monogamy in junior high and saying, you know, well, people might have multiple partners. So we need to also tell them about various family forms that come out of their behavior, That's their right. sexuality. So. It is just crazy, the kind of things that they're exposed to. So, uh, you know, when you encourage kids to uh, engage in sexual activity uh, when they're youngsters, of course, kids are by nature curious. They're interested. Their bodies, particularly around the age of 10 and 11, they're really changing. What child would not want to take on these, quote, homework assignments, you know, and start getting involved in sex? They now have permission to start engaging in sexual behavior. 
from state authorities who these children are in, uh, you know, from 8 a.m. to basically 3 p.m. in the afternoon. They're hearing this message over and over and over again. So that is a harm. Another key harm is it imposes upon children what we call the Soji worldview, which is sexual orientation, gender identity. Mm -hmm. It starts grooming children to believe as early as kindergarten, George, the idea that gender is not only sexual orientation, but gender now is completely fluid. On a spectrum. It's on a spectrum. Uh, you can be male, you can be female, you can be anything in between or either or neither. It's, it's essentially how you define it. Well, this is a complete lie. Uh, we know from biology and empirical fact that if you have XX chromosomes and female organs, you are by definition a female. If you have XY chromosomes and male organs, you are by definition a male. Sex is definitely binary. This idea of gender used to be thought of as how we express our sex, but now it's taken on a, an entirely the new identity. Meaning. Now it's exactly. not just expression; it's it's identity. Finally, uh, another one is that it, it destroys the nuclear family. Mm-hmm. It, it teaches children to believe that uh, a, a mom and a dad um, uh, raising biological children is an outmoded method of of teaching. They have a new pedagogy, which teaches that any number of consenting adults are equally valid in a family mm-hmm. relationship. And you put these things together, George, and this can't help but harm not only our children, but as they grow into adulthood, our society. And, you know, Mark, maybe in other episodes, we'll get into some of the CDC statistics to see what the sexualization of our children are doing, not just to children, but what children are doing to each other as a result of opening this Pandora's box. Indeed. And so the harms that they do to each other are just uh, heartbreaking. Um, so, you know, that's all the time that we had for today, but we just wanted to give you an introduction to comprehensive sexuality education. And in future episodes, you'll hear a little bit more about what you can do, what other parents have done to successfully push back on this agenda from protect our kids. We say, uh, goodbye. Goodbye. You've been listening to Say What? The radio ministry of Protect Our Kids, where they seek to inform and equip concerned citizens about the crisis in American public education and the forces working against our children. Join us at this same time every Saturday as attorney Mark Schneider and Pastor George Roska Jr. unpack the issues so that we can better safeguard our nation's children. For more information about this program or Protect Our Kids, email the show at info at protectourkidsnow.org. That's info at protectourkidsnow.org. And join Mark and George right here next week at this same time for another episode of Say What?